listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 1st of October 2021. Later, Aussie shares slammed and why my guest thinks there is a fundamental shift in the market right now. But first to home values and nationally they rose 20.3%. That's the biggest annual gain since 1989. For the month of September, values increased by 1.5%. That's according to CoreLogic. And while those monthly numbers, the growth has eased, we're being told that they will likely rise until interest rates start to climb. So of the major capitals in September, the best performer was Hobart, up 2.3% in the month. The worst performer was Darwin, 0.1% increase. And of the biggest cities, Sydney added 1.9%, despite being in lockdown. Similarly in Melbourne, up by 0.3%. 5 to 8% and Brisbane, an increase of 1.8%. For more, I spoke earlier with CoreLogic's Tim Lawless. It's a market that's still extremely strong, but we are seeing the monthly growth rate uh, starting to, to slip. Well, it has been sliding since March earlier this year when nationally housing values are rising at nearly 3% month on month. That growth rate has now slowed to 1.5%. I don't think that's necessarily because of lockdowns or anything like that. It's probably more to do with affordability becoming much more challenging as housing prices rise so much faster than incomes. So are we past the peak? Well, we are past the peak rate of growth, but we're not past the peak of the market. Normally, that would imply that housing values are starting to, to fall. I think we're still some way away from that uh, from that period. I don't think we'll probably move into the down phase until interest rates are about to start rising. Uh, but I think we will uh, see housing value or momentum in the market slow further from here, partly due to affordability, but also we are now starting to see more stock added to the marketplace. And of course, down the track, probably later this year or early next year, we should expect that credit conditions will tighten up as well, which should take, take some further steam out of the market. Okay, let's talk macro prudential rules first. How do you see see it playing out and when? Because the last time it happened, they were really targeting the investors back then. I think it'll be very different this time around. I don't think investment in, in the Australian housing market is really all that concerning, considering investors are around 29 to 30% of demand. Uh, additionally, we're not seeing interest-only lending anywhere near what it was back in uh, 2017 when we saw macroprudential implemented about uh, um, rising levels of interest-only lending. This time around, it's very much focused on household debt levels uh, more broadly. We can see that as of the June quarter, household debt was approaching new record highs. Not quite there, but owner-occupier, owner-occupier housing debt had reached a new record high. So my guess is we probably will see macro potential very much focused on firm limits on debt to income ratios and uh, potentially also including higher serviceability buffers for uh, interest rate um, serviceability testing as well. Okay. And when we talk about um, affordability um, getting worse, who is being impacted the most? Well, clearly it's the more price sensitive sectors of the market. So first home buyers, for example, have got the double whammy of affordability becoming more challenging, as well as a lot of the stimulus has now expired that they were taking advantage of, such as stamp duty concessions or the first home builders grant, aggregating that with other concessions or or stimulus. Um, But also low income families uh, and, and progressively even the middle to upper end of the marketplace so this is really about uh, 
household debt levels becoming quite high once again, which is not really all that concerning when interest, low, interest rates are as low as what they are. But ultimately, interest rates are going to rise. And of course, that's the main concern for uh, regulators like the Reserve Bank is that uh, once interest rates do rise against a heavily indebted household sector, it means they need to be dedicating more of their income towards servicing their debt and less on consumption. When interest rates start rising, will prices come, will prices fall? Well, absolutely. I think uh, we probably will start to see the housing market move into its down phase once there's more certainty around when interest rates are going to rise. And once we do see rates starting to lift, I think that will be the cue for the housing market to start moving through its down phase. Every single time we've we've seen the housing market move through an extended period of growth, there's always a downside. So we should be realistic and expect that uh, housing values will eventually start to trend lower. Um, probably not for another 18 to 24 months, though, if uh, the Reserve Bank is anything to go by. How, how serious will that downturn be, though? I mean, will it be a crash? Will it be just a few percentage points? It really depends on the state of the economy, uh, what credit is doing, and how rapidly interest rates rise. We certainly don't expect interest rates to be rising extremely fast. It'll take a long time for the mortgage rates to normalize back to, say, average levels. So chances are the longer this growth run extends for, the larger the downturn will be. But if we look back on the previous downturn, which ran between the middle of 2017 and the middle of 2019, we saw some of the strongest markets like Sydney uh, saw about a 15% decline in housing values. After the mining downturn, we saw Perth and, and Darwin record, say, a 25 to 35% decline in housing values. So chances are we'll see values fall probably somewhere between 10 and 15% from peak to trough. But of course, it really depends on how the economy is going and how fast rates rise. Tim Lawless there from CoreLogic. Now to the Australian share market, which had a, a bit of a shocker on this first day of October. The 200 down by 2%, 7,185. It follows uh, some decent falls on Wall Street overnight. Here, though, the banks were hit hard amid fears of macroprudential rules will limit lending. Property groups also declined. The miners lost ground. Uh, but some bright spots... They included the travel sector, which bucked the downward trend as the federal government relaxed international travel rules, and, of course, gold stocks, which typically does well in times of uncertainty. For more, I spoke earlier with Marcus Bogdan from Blackmore Capital. So, Marcus, the Australian share market took another serious battering today. It follows falls on Wall Street. Why? I think investors are reacting to... Uh, a couple of key signals. The first signal is that they're concerned about tightening financial conditions, both by central banks uh, and by by governments and the pullback of of, of the stimulus, uh, and that's affecting valuations. Second issue is there is a concern around rising bond yields uh, and the impact that that will have on corporate profits. So is there a fundamental shift happening in the markets or is it just a bit of froth being taken off after the, the market hitting record highs recently? I think there is a fundamental shift occurring and that's particularly on the earnings front. We've had a year where we've had earnings growth of over 25% and we've had an incredibly accommodative uh, fiscal and monetary uh, stance and they've been great supporters of, of the market. Uh, earnings growth is now starting to slow. We're seeing more downgrades than upgrades. Uh, and earnings growth has been reducing from around 15% in 
in August for the next 12 months to around 12%. And I expect that, that the direction of travel there is for further downgrades. And that is absolutely fundamentally uh, impacting the market. There's also concerns around China and the slowing growth there and the impact that that is having on Australian commodities. So what does that ultimately mean for markets then? Are we, are we on, the, on the trajectory down? I think from an earnings perspective, yes. And we've had, you know, the market's up 25% so far uh, this year. And so that, imp- that impact uh, from, from, from the slowing of, the, of, of earnings growth, the stimulus being removed, suggests that the market uh, is ready for a pullback. So what does this mean in this environment then? Where are the opportunities? Where are you looking to pour your money or take, take out? So um, I do think there are opportunities in those companies that are still growing revenue, still growing earnings. And that's particularly those companies facing into the consumer staples, uh, you know, industrial uh, defensive companies such as Amcor and Brambles that play in global, global markets. And I do think there is a longer, uh, both a short-term reopening play in the healthcare sector, as hopefully as as vaccination rates uh, rise and the the economy reopens, uh, and then there's a longer-term thematic there on on healthcare, which I think is again supportive. Speaking of reopening, we saw travel stocks doing extremely well today, backing the trend as well as gold. So they're two bright spots today anyway. What do you make of those two? Well, it's it's a reflection of human emotion. It's, it's both hope in terms of the reopening and hence uh, travel stocks be, being, uh, being well supported and also potentially despair around, around gold and the uncertainties that we're seeing around uh, government stimulus, around earnings growth, concerns over China. And gold has always been a good diversifier in these times. And um, speaking of emotional, does the market care about the resignation of a state premier? I mean, has there been any follow through there? Not really. I think the, the markets more broadly think about the bigger themes about economic growth around interest rates, uh, around the trajectory of cor- corporate profits. Those are the, are the issues which will dominate investors' thinking. Marcus Bogdan there from Blackmore Capital. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 